I wanted to, I asked the Lord to give me a sense of uh, this this event today on the parking lot, and thank God next week we'll be in our in our uh, sanctuary, and it'll be a much better situation. Albeit, this is kind of fun, and I like it, don't you? I guess you don't like it. <laughs> Just a couple of horns. <laughs> but I asked the Lord to give me a sense of what's going on in the world. I, I don't consider myself anywhere close to the office of a prophet. But I think people need to know a sense. The Lord's people need a sense of, Lord, what's happening? What's really going on here? And and uh, I've been thinking that for two or three weeks or longer, but this week especially. God, we're going to be on the parking lot. <clears throat> we're trying to be as cautious as we can. I know there's all kind of conspiracy theories of every sort and fashion. I really don't let all those bother me because, ladies and gentlemen, the truth is we really don't know who's done what. But I do know that God knows everything that goes on. And I said, Lord, give me a sense of what's happening. And and I, I just... I just read and prayed and read and prayed till, frankly, I was weary with it. And I finally came to this. So I just want to let the Spirit of God speak to us this morning, perhaps in a different way, but please hear what I believe the Lord would say to us. I want to talk about, you can, if, you want, if you want to turn in the Bible, Mark chapter 5, if you're at your residence or here on the parking lot, if you have an iPhone, whatever, Mark chapter 5, I will join you there in a minute. I wonder how many times everyone in this audience has said words like, hurry up, or I'm in a hurry, or let's get things done. I wonder how many have been anxious at times. Let me ask you, I bet I don't get a honk on this so don't, or a wave. How many of you like waiting on something? I don't think by nature, I think we're riddled. I don't believe you. <laughs> Truth is, our lives are riddled with impatience. And the Word of God challenges the natural mind. I'm going to read a couple of verses of Scripture from James. Chapter 1, just listen to... This word from the Spirit of God from James, chapter 1, 2. My brethren, listen to what James instructs us to do. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. How many of you have just thought, I'm so full of joy because of this situation in the world? I don't think that's natural in our sense. Count it joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience and but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect that word there that mean, means you may be mature and lacking nothing I think those are challenging words to the average Christian even though we're saved we still are human beings so what is exactly what is patience I can tell you that I don't want to speak about this this morning because if I'm guilty about anything in life, it's probably about being an impatient person. I, I have discussed it with you so many times, and I've seen it. My wife sees it. My sons, I'm sure by now, my daughters in love that I have and my grandchildren. I, I, have, a, I have a difficulty with being patient. But what is it? I read some... I read some responses, so let me give you several of them. Patience. 
it's one person said, it is love for the long haul. Without giving up, another one is, it's bearing up under difficult circumstances without giving up or giving into bitterness. There's somebody with some experience. One person said, patience means working when gratification is delayed. And finally, one says, patience means taking what life offers you without lashing out. I think all of us have known a situation, a time or trouble, when a delay, like myself, I get impatient and I have to fight road rage. <laughs> I, I have to confess my sin. All of us know something about the pressure or something that's not happening as we want it to or as quickly as we want it to. And we want something done. We want it to happen. Maybe we're waiting on a mate to do something or maybe a job raise or maybe something involving our children. During these times, we know well the term, I have lost my patience. The big question is, is have you ever been impatient with God? Have you ever tried to hurry Christ? I mentioned a few weeks ago, I've tried to get God to wear my watch. I will declare to you, he has his own and he won't wear yours. Jesus was patient, not only in the way he faced enemies and even execution, though we marvel at his patience and his strength, but he displayed remarkable patience with disciples. And let me tell you, I've lived long enough to witness in a personal testimony, God has been extremely patient with us and me. In Mark's gospel, chapter 5, we meet a religious leader. Here is a ruler of the synagogue. He is a morally, highly respected man. In his city, he is a figure of wealth. He is of social prominence, we would say. Jairus' story is a great message for us in 2020. I'm just going to read through a few of these verses and let the Spirit of God speak as we read. If you want to follow, I'm in Mark 5. I'm going to begin in verse 21. Now, when Jesus had crossed over, meaning the sea, again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. Here's a man of great prominence seeing Christ. Here's a man who has a reputation in a civic responsible position. And when he sees Jesus, he falls at his feet. I think it's an important thing for us to note a man of civil prominence with civil authority falls at the feet of a Galilean carpenter. What must this situation be? Look at verse 23. And he, meaning Jairus, to Christ, he begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. Jesus, so Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. I want you to notice something about this scene. 
We think we are impatient sometimes, and we think we have troubles, and we know we're under pressures, and we would like to God to instantly relieve anything that's uncomfortable. At least we want to plan, God, this needs to be done, and here's how to do it. But suddenly when emergencies come or things that are really trying in our lives, suddenly some things seem trivial. A little girl will die unless Jesus responds quickly. Jairus must be excited. It just, can we say, happened that Jesus arrived at his town, walked down his street. He recognized him and his daughter's at death. He runs to him. Jairus' heart must be churning inside of him. I I think I hear him. Oh my goodness, the Lord's here. The healer's here. I just hope I'm not too late. So Jesus with his disciples and an anxious crowd wanted to see another miracle. They hurry toward this need. And then something happens. Verse 25. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. And had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but grew rather worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I only may touch his clothes, I may be made well. And immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she had been healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around and in the crowd said, Who touched my clothes? The crowd presses Jesus. This woman touches him and she's instantly healed. Jesus knows that healing power, the healing virtue that is in him has gone out of him. Jesus knows there has been a healing in someone's body. And he stops, he stops, don't forget where we are. We're at the place where Jairus and the crowd is headed for the Christ to touch a young girl. And Jesus at this instant stops the emergency procession. He simply, and let my words be this to him, he simply says, I want to find out who touched me. Look at verse 31. But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? (laughs) Notice he says, he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him, I love this word in the scripture, told him the whole story. Jesus stopped to find out, find the person who was healed. But I wanted to tell, I want to tell you, the scripture says she told him the whole story. I will tell you, he stopped her to tell her the whole truth about the story. For what had happened to her was far more than a physical healing. In verse 34, he declares to her the fullness of the truth. Your faith, ma'am, has made you whole. There was a reason for that. This woman didn't come because of some kind of Christian belief. 
she came out of superstition. And watch this. Imagine now at this point, God is going to tell, God in the Christ is going to tell this woman the whole story. Imagine that where Jairus is. Wait a minute, Lord, we were headed here. Have you ever tried to reason with God and say, what? I, I think this is more important, Lord. Imagine Jairus' anxiety and his impatience. Perhaps the disciples, I don't know, may have been irritated with the woman. And Jesus is composed. He doesn't seem to be in a hurry. He's not shook up. He's patient. And he gave, this, gave his attention to this woman, can I say frankly, instead of a dying little girl. I want to share something with you that's important. We, most of the time, miss God's perspective. If I were to say it, I would say it something like this, because of our human rationale. Lord, you just stop to talk to this woman. She's touched the hem of your garment. She's been totally healed. After 12 years of spending everything, she's been healed. And you stop this procession. A little girl in the human mind, this makes no sense. The value system seems wrong. Lord, what are you doing? Uh, have you failed to understand? And here's where we get it. Lord, I think this is a great need. I want you to hurry up and meet it. 2020, I will declare to you if a physician did this today, he might be sued for malpractice. If both patients, Jairus' daughter and this woman, were in an emergency room, he, it looks like he treated the lady first. It seems backward to us. And while all this is happening, the thing that Jairus feared of all things happens. Listen to this word. I'll be in verse 35. While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, this is a report from the house to Jairus, and Jesus hears it. Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher anymore? Imagine how suddenly this family and this dad and this whole people concern feels about Jesus at that moment. I want to ask you, how many have ever been actually, Lord, I think this is the way it should be. I think this, Lord, I've waited and I'm impatient. I wonder if we've gotten aggravated at God. I wonder if we really go, Lord, I don't understand. I have prayed. I have sought you. I have read your word. Lord, I'm just frustrated. I've said it before. Many of you have heard me say it. If you're frustrated about something with the Lord, you might as well just go ahead and tell him because he knows it anyway. And sometimes that conversation can help you in great ways. Imagine now the public poll opinion of what Christ might have been in that particular town. And while this is happening, that thing that Jairus feared the most happened. I want you to look, I'm going to read at verse 36. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken... He said to the ruler of the synagogue, watch this, Jairus hears your daughter's dead. 
Christ immediately says to him, Do not be afraid, only believe. You know what that means? Ignore the public opinion. Ignore what's going on. I want, to, I want to put on a second pair of eyes. Ladies and gentlemen, we're impatient with God, and sometimes we misjudge the situation because we don't keep a spiritual perspective. Can I say spiritual eyesav of what's going on in the supernatural world? I want you to know that God is aware of the natural world and the supernatural world all at the same time. Jesus said to this man in essence, Trust me. And he said those words, be patient. Young people, mom and dad, God's sense of timing will confound our sense of timing. God's sense of reality sometimes will totally confuse our sense of reality. And I will tell you something I've learned. God seldom operates on our schedule. When he says, trust me, when he says, be patient, when he says, don't fear, when he says, faith it, when he says, be still and know that I am God, I think Christ is speaking to us and saying this. And if we're impatient about the COVID-19 and we're wondering about the economy and we're looking about the future and all this thing, I think this is a sense of what I think God would say because we look at it within our own minds. I think he would say, I will not be hurried because I love you. I know what I'm doing. And if you try to impose your understanding of schedule and timing on me, you will struggle to feel loved by me. Can I tell you that sometimes impatience is God saying, I love you. I want you to trust me. I want to encourage this relationship we have. But ladies and gentlemen, by the thousands, we make the mistake of impatience. Most of us have stood where Jairus is standing, impatient, irrational, sometimes even angry. We, we become accusative. We even have deep spiritual disappointment. But with all that said, here's the lesson. Because of the delay that Jairus experienced, both Jairus and the woman got far more from God than they actually asked for. So I want you to follow me closely the next few minutes. Young people, mom and dad, when you go to Jesus for help, I want to share something with you. You will give to and get from him more than you ever bargained for. Things may not turn out the way you expect it. For example, J. Iris came to get a cure for his daughter. He just wants this baby girl healed. That's what he came for. But I want to declare to you, he got a lot more than that. Far more than that. I want to go to verse 37. Listen to this. And he permitted, meaning Christ, no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. I want you to know these people knew a dead child when they saw it. Verse 39, when he came in, he said to them, Why make this commotion and weep? This child is not dead, but sleeping. 
And they ridiculed him. And they ridiculed him. Can I just share something with you? Go back just a few minutes before. He was the most sought after. All this lady did was touch him. Jairus had faith in him. And all of a sudden, now he's ridiculed. I want to share something with you. Sometime I think we need to come and ask God to forgive us for misjudging him. They ridiculed him. But when he had put all the people outside, he took the father, the mother of the child, and those who were with him, meaning Peter, James, and John, those who were with him, and entered where the child was lying. Jesus arrived at that house. The scripture says they ridiculed him. They saw this child was dead. Look at verse 41. I want you to imagine the atmosphere in this room. Then he took the child by the head and said to her, Talitha Kumai, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. I want to ask you something. Anybody in this audience, whether you're here on the parking lot, whether you're sitting on the lawn or the parking or in your home, have you ever came to the place where God said, it's over, arise? I want to tell you there was something that happened in that room far more than Jairus or anybody ever expected. Amazed? The scripture says they were. Sure they were amazed. Here's the thing. Jairus, I think, was especially amazed. He came for a cure for a fever. And he experienced a resurrection from death to life. That's quite a bit more than the cure of a fever. Jairus got far more than he had in mind. But also, he had to give more than he had in mind. When Jesus said, do not fear, only believe. When Jesus said, trust me, that was a test of faith from Christ to Jairus. Far more than anything he anticipated. And can I tell you, Jesus demanded it of him. Sometimes in our impatience, Christ may put a a pressure on us that says, I expect you to believe. I expect you to trust. We've made a commitment to each other. I'm your heavenly father. I know what's best for you. But I want us to look at the woman also. She came to Jesus for healing. She thought she would just, can I say, touch and run. I will get this healing virtue from the Christ. Get out of the crowd I'm better and I'm out of here. But Jesus focused, forced her to be seen by the public. Don't forget, this lady had for 12 years sought a cure and she had none. Which made her what is called in scripture ceremonially unclean. This lady was not allowed to go out in public and to touch a rabbi. When you are ceremonially unclean, it was big trouble. Why did Jesus make her acknowledge her healing? And the answer is this. She not only needed healing, she needed to know that he was not just some sorcerer, he was God. You see, her concept of healing was superstition. Voodoo, if you will. She thought it was the touch that could heal her. 
she thought God's power was manageable if you do the right thing, if you put the right recipe together. But Jesus, in essence, and let me say his words, he said, oh no, it's not superstition. It's not some voodoo power. It's not some witch doctor power. It was faith that made you whole. Not magic, not just some energy in the cosmos. It was the holy power of a holy, righteous God that touched you. And he goes on to say, and now that you know that, I, who I really am and what power it really was, now you are in a life-transforming relationship with me. I want to say something we need to understand. I think God wants us happy. I think He wants us healthy. I think He wants us whole. I think He wants us also spiritually mature. How about honking a horn or two? Thank you. <laughs> I think Jesus is saying to this woman, My healing virtue left me. Your faith in me. I'm not just a healer. I'm a savior of all mankind. I'm the redeemer of every sinner. I am he who has come that you and everyone might have life and have it abundantly. Ladies and gentlemen, this is no, this is no fly by night second rate prophet. This is the son of God and everybody that touches him and everybody that he touches is not only changed physically, but we're changed spiritually forever. There is all the difference in the world between being a superstitious person and getting a bodily healing than a life-transformed follower of Jesus Christ for eternity. I just want to tell you, God always has eternity in mind. And in this COVID thing, God has eternity in mind. We get into spiritual trouble when we always use human reasoning. We become impatient. For several reasons. Number one, sometimes we don't have the crucial information. All that we need. Secondly, we get in trouble because I think sometimes of our arrogance. We don't say it, but we live like it. Okay, Lord, you, you, you say it. Trust in you. But we, we, we have to, we just ask a question. If you're Lord, we understand. Why should you know any better than how to live our lives and what we should do? Why should you know any better? We don't say that, but in our impatience sometimes, and we're not before the Lord, we live like it. A man by the name of Jock Elul wrote a book called The Technological Society. Listen to what he says. He says, young people, please hear this. In modern Western society... We have been taught that nearly everything in life is there to be manipulated for our own ends. Ladies and gentlemen, that could be written almost over every act out of, out of our Congress today. We're here to manipulate whatever we can for our own ends. And I realize that I'm politically going to be in trouble for that. But I want you to know, God is still in control. And He's even going to straighten out the United States government someday. <laughs> my question to you is this. Guys, come. My question to you is this. I just want to stop and pause.
I want us to ask ourselves a question this morning. Right now, is God delaying something in my life? Is there something that is not happening as quickly as I wanted it to? What is the Lord a question? Lord, if I'm impatient, please, Lord, give me a vision in the spirit world that I don't have today. I I don't think we as Christians should be impatient with God. But I want to ask you if you are. Maybe you're here in the parking lot. Maybe you're in your living room. Somewhere in the world. Are you thinking about giving up? I want to tell you. The message today. The sense of everything is. Let patience. Trust. And faith. Have its perfect work. In every one of us. Pastor is everything like you want it? Not at all. Is there some things you'd like to change? Absolutely. But I want to tell you, God's going to change things. Mark it down. God's in control. He's going to take care of it. But He's far more interested in how you and I are relating, not only with each other, but with Him, than He is straightening out the circumstance. Mom and Dad, young people, So much of what dominates our thoughts and what dominates our concerns out of the pressures of every day. Can I declare to you suddenly, watch, Jairus had an emergency. This lady 12 years afterwards have an opportunity. And suddenly I want you to know that everything else didn't seem quite as important. All All the worries that we have about life I talked to a man the other day on the phone. He said, Pastor, I can't keep from worrying. And I said, why? You can't change anything anyway. So many things. Maybe maybe this chapter's come where we'll say, we need to find out what's really important again. Things aren't really as important compared to an eternal perspective. I just want to say stop today and let us keep an eternal perspective. Yes, we use our rational mind. Yes, we understand. I don't know about all this stuff. I don't know about all the conspiracies. I don't know how all this is going to turn out. But I'm going to agree with Paul and say this. But I know whom I have believed in. And I'm convinced and persuaded beyond all doubt, God will keep what we commit to Him.